Welcome to The Practice, a podcast dedicated to unpacking the challenges and joys of being human in this unprecedented time. Each episode will delve into a different aspect of the practice of living with the goal of leaving you empowered to go out into the world as your best self embodied. Hello, and as always, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I'm your host, Brooke Davidson. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you three decision-making strategies that have really been helpful to me in my own life and which I hope might offer you some support and ease in your own. So first of all, I want to clarify that these strategies can apply to anyone. You might be a person who feels pretty confident at making decisions. It's not very challenging for you, but there might still be times in your life where you wonder, oh gosh, how do I know if this decision I'm making feels right to me? Or maybe you feel that real overwhelm at making a decision from time to time. And hopefully with these three strategies, you can step into those experiences and maybe feel just a little bit more grounded and a little bit more confident in your abilities to make that decision. So first of all, I want to start by saying that there are times when we are tapped out of making decisions. You all know what I mean. I know it. When you have a day that's very busy and where you're constantly having to make decisions throughout the day, and then you get home and you think, wow, I literally could not decide anything right now. Somebody could ask me any question to make a decision on and it would feel so hard, right? And that's what is called decision-making fatigue. Your brain actually gets exhausted. It, it kind of reaches a limit at some point and that's why decisions after that can feel really challenging and it can almost feel impossible at times. Like there's not an internal gauge anymore right? Like we turn to that internal gauge regularly to say, oh, which type of fruit do I want to have for breakfast this morning? And maybe we look inside and, or feel through our bodies and we can say, oh, you know, a peach sounds better. I'll save the banana for tomorrow. And so when we have decision fatigue, that internal sense kind of disappears. It's like all of a sudden, what tastes better? What sounds better to eat right now? And there's not a lot of feedback. And so one thing that I like to do in preparation for those moments is first of all, to know my patterns. I happen to work in a line of work that requires merely constant decision-making throughout the day. I almost always come home and have fatigue from that. And so one thing that I've done to help myself is I noticed that for a while I would come home and I'd try to decide what to make and I would not be able to tell what I wanted to do for dinner, and it was it was just harder than it needed to be. And so I recognized that pattern, and I was able to think, okay, what's a way to circumnavigate this? And this is not mind-blowing, earth-shattering, brand-new information, but recognizing that on the weekend, I had a little bit more of the energy to think through those decisions, and I could prepare for the week ahead by saying, okay, on this night, we're having this meal, it takes these ingredients, I'll make sure I have them on hand. That really has been a really simple way to make life a little bit easier for me. And if you happen to have patterns, if you know that there's certain times of the day, the week, the month, the year, 
the decisions are really challenging for you because of that fatigue component, then maybe you can be a little preventative. You can plan ahead. Maybe you know that your child's going to ask you if they could have a sleepover on any given night. And maybe you think, okay, if I'm actually looking at the next you know, week or month or something, are there any days where that would be an issue? Are there days where that would work really well? And you just kind of know for yourself. And that can feel really supportive because now you have a little bit of predictability and you've already went through the thought process when you weren't tired. And so you can just uphold that decision in the moment. All right, so that's strategy one, planning ahead. Strategy two is to widen your perspective. So this one is kind of fun. I really enjoy it. It really comes into play when you have a decision to make and you have a couple options and you're thinking, oh my gosh, how do I decide between these options? Well, if you zoom out like a bunch and you truly think of all of the options in the world that exist, that can sometimes offer some helpful perspective. All right, so an example of this. Let's say I'm getting ready to go out to dinner with my husband and some friends, and I'm trying to decide on an outfit. I can think of, okay, what are all my options? And maybe I've identified three outfits to choose from, but it's sometimes more helpful to re-expand the lens, all right? So I might think I could go out in my pajamas. I could go out in some yoga clothes. I could go out in the type of outfit I would wear to go fishing or to ride a horse or whatever, right? You think of all those different options, and obviously a lot of those are things that you might never choose. But what typically happens, at least for me when I do this zoomed out kind of examination of my options, I either really value how I've already narrowed down the options, and I can say, oh yeah, that was really you know, smart of my brain to pick out these three outfits instead of saying, let's wear some sweatpants and a t-shirt, right? Like you can maybe gain a new appreciation for the choices that you've already narrowed down to, but there are going to be some times where there is something way out in left field that seems random that this zoomed out perspective allows you to see. And maybe sometimes that is the answer. You know, you realize, oh, that's normally a pair of boots I only wear when I am, you know, riding my horse, but I think that would look really cute with this dress, (laughs) you know, like all of those little things that sometimes we don't quite place together because we get in our own little patterns and routines. And so zooming out can either allow you to really value what you've already narrowed down to. Or it can give you that random spark of inspiration that perhaps you overlooked by turning to your defaults. So that's strategy number two, zooming out. Strategy three. Strategy three is to pass the decision. Or if your partner or whoever you're around is passing the decision, to fully embrace it. So here's what I mean by that. If we go back to scenario one, where we're talking about being tired and making decisions and not really having the energy to piece through and decide, 
we have to recognize that the people we're around also have those times. And that since we all have these times, it's really okay and normal and it's good for us to perhaps honor that. Like there are times where maybe not making the decision is the most nourishing thing you can do. For example, I know that it is such a treat when I go to dinner at a friend's house and they have decided what we're eating and they've prepared it and I show up and I'm just fed this meal and it's so lovely. It's like a little love note. The same can be true of any decision. However, we often don't actually talk about decisions on their face. We talk about, okay, what do you want to do for dinner? I don't really know. Whatever you want. What do you want? I don't know. What sounds good to you? I want to do what you want to do, right? We get in this back and forth of trying to be nice and appeal to the other person, but also not really knowing how to tune into ourselves and get that decision made. And if both people are in that zone, it can be kind of an endless thing. It can be a little bit of an eddy. And so something that my husband and I have started doing is in those moments, if we recognize like, wow, I really don't want to make the decision. We say that we say, you know what, can you please decide? I really have no preference. I would really appreciate not being the one to make the decision because sometimes it's not really about where you eat or what you eat. (laughs) If that's the decision, sometimes it's more just somebody else has it figured out and I just have to show up my belly will get filled and I'll be happy. And so we really try to honor those moments for each other. And if we're both tapped out on decisions at the same time and my husband asks me, oh, can you please decide what we're doing for date night this week? Then I will just force myself to choose something. And I try to use, you know, like my whole lived history (laughs) and my partnership with my husband as data for that. I might not choose something super random. For example, if neither of us has ever really enjoyed playing rec league basketball, I'm not going to say that for our date night. We're going to show up and play a basketball game at the rec center. Instead, I'll look back at our entire lived experience as evidence and say, you know, we don't really go bowling much, but when we do, it's pretty fun. Let's do that. And then I trust that because it's something that we have enjoyed in the past, that we'll probably enjoy it again. And the cool thing is that if ever you and whoever you're making the decision with get to this point of the thing is drawing near and it was kind of a shoot from the hip sort of decision, kind of a random decision that was made and somebody does have a preference, they can still change the decision at that point. Maybe we're getting close to going bowling and my husband says, you know, I just really don't feel that interested in being in a loud or noisy place tonight. And we say, okay, well, what if we stay home and watch a movie then? You know, like that is always an option. These things are not set in stone. And knowing that you can have this open conversation with a person and either completely pass the baton or completely take the baton to support each other needing a break from decision-making can be a really helpful relational tool. So those are my three little strategies. I'd love to know what things you use to make decisions. Please don't hesitate to reach out and connect on that front. And beyond that, I hope you are well. 
To follow along with my work, you can find me on Instagram at brook underscore being. If you're interested in contacting me for a private yoga or life coach consult, please send an inquiry to brookdavidsonyoga at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.